If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Quantum Revenue Expansion, where we keep you motivated, inspired, and thinking big. Up-leveling into quantum revenue is a choice that we can all make in any moment and then continue to make that choice to stay in that space each day. On this podcast, Ursula will share revenue growth strategies to reach your next level and introduce you to CEOs just like you who are making it happen. What's your next quantum leap going to be? See it, own it, and take that first step. If this is you, then Ursula wants to invite you to join us at the next 2X Intensive now. Go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. You're listening to Quantum Revenue Expansion with your host, Ursula Menchez. Let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Quantum Revenue Expansion, the podcast. So excited to have you here with us today because we have a very special guest, especially because she's a fellow Oli. And if you don't know what that is, it's that this. We both went to St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota. I have the very amazing Sarah Carlson, <laughs> and we're going to be talking about how to use your Enneagram type to understand and increase your leadership impact. And if you don't know what an Enneagram is, you're going to find out. And it's amazing. I know like this much about it. And since I've known Sarah, I've learned quite a bit more. And then we find that there's like, you know, just so much more to know about it. And so we're going to cover that today, as well as like just how, how it can be beneficial for you to know your Enneagram type. So Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. Um, yeah, yeah. Fellow Oli's, we shout out to you all over the world because you are all over the world these days. Before I introduce Sarah, a couple of quick housekeeping things. If you haven't yet, you can grab your free gift at UrsulaInc.co. And we have Quantum Revenue Expansion, the masterclass, which pairs really nicely with this podcast. During the masterclass, we talk about three different things. One, how to create a brand new quantum revenue container to turn your annual income into your monthly income, which is always fun, how to up-level your pricing packages and marketing. Because once you expand your revenue container, most of the time you probably have to change your pricing, your packages, your marketing, all those things that I know it's like, I don't want to do it. I just got it where I want it to be. But I'm sure like, you know, that once you increase the container, it's like begging to expand. And the third part of class, we talk about how to collapse time and reach your quantum revenue goal even 
faster. So definitely go to ursulainc.co. It's there right on the homepage and, and you can just get it. Also a couple of things. If you haven't, um, if you haven't yet attended the 2X intensive and you want to hang out with us, the 2X intensive is all about how to 2X your monthly revenue and shave 10 or more hours off your work week. And we find that most of our clients are like working too much. I'm working too much. I don't have an assistant. I want an assistant. I want to grow my business. I want to scale my business. If that's you, we'd love to have you come and play with us. You can go to ursulainc.co forward slash apply. Send us your information. We'll get you all the details. Finally, if you like listening to the show and we have thousands of listeners every month and we appreciate you so much, Wherever you listen, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, or somewhere else, we'd love it if you would leave a review so other people know if it might be a good show for them as well. All right, that's it. So let me tell you about Sarah Carlson. Sarah is drawn to the complex dynamics of getting talented and dedicated individuals to work as a team, a passion stoked when leading change initiatives in a global law firm. Now as a professional certified coach, Sarah helps individuals and organizations find brighter paths to effective and sustainable collaboration. And again, using one of the tools, uh, which is knowing your Enneagram type. All right, Sarah. So let's dive in. Tell us like what brought you to this point in your journey? How did you get interested in like, well, how did the Enneagram find you? We'll start there. Yeah, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great question. So, um, but first, Ursula, I want to say, as a fellow Oli, I saw you speak initially at an Olaf event probably a decade ago, and so had followed your work since then. And so um, I did the 2X intensive last year, I think, and on this side of it could have benefited, you know, much earlier. So I want to say thank you for that. And it's, and it's just fun to be in connection. So yeah, thank you. So thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And it's, it's always mm -hmm. great to meet Oli's because we have a certain, certain kind of journey on the Hill that we've had. So not everyone <laughs> understands what that, what that journey was like. So lovely to know you. I love what you're up to in the world. And I think everyone should understand what the Enneagram is and how it can help them. I feel like it's kind of one of those hidden tools. So Tell us yeah. the story. Yeah, well, the short story is that I have a sister who's 18 months older with whom I'm very close. We grew up right next to each other. She is a therapist and I am a coach. And so for years we've compared, you know, where what's therapeutic, where's therapy, what's coaching, how do we go between? And she often wants me to go, do the same path with her, which now I understand is part of her type. And so she <laughs> at one point said, hey, we're going to get certified in the Enneagram. She had been using it for a while. She found it valuable. I read some books, tried to figure it out. I wasn't quite sure what my type was, but I thought I knew. So we did a training together. Um, the teacher took me aside at the beginning of the first day and said, I don't think that's, she didn't say it that way. She said, I want you to hold your type lightly. It's like, really? I don't, I didn't land in the right type. And um, she was very sweet about it. But so we did this, this training. And at the time, half the people in the room were from religious communities. And I thought, wow, okay, this is a tool that you use for spiritual growth. So it didn't occur to me that I could use it in my work at all, but I started to use it for myself to understand myself better, understand my own type. I, I went through this teacher's training on how to start to help other people land in their types, but I still didn't assume I was going to use it in my work. Um, but Karen, my sister Karen and I both kept using it and kept finding it more valuable for understanding ourselves. It helped me in my parenting. It helped me in my marriage. And so I finally decided to get certified in a tool called the integrate the IEQ9. Um, the website for it is Integrative Nine, and 
And so what's different about the Enneagram, you know, people are generally familiar with Myers-Briggs or that those kinds of psychological tools that were designed to measure something. So Myers-Briggs was designed to measure our preferences and, and they help us understand our differences. And, and they're, you know, there are lots of valuable tools out there, StrengthsFinder, you know, all those kinds of things. The Enneagram didn't, wasn't designed as a psychological tool. It grew out of spiritual traditions. It's been around for 1500 years in various forms. It's been in the U.S. since about the 70s, and I won't go into the history. It's kind of complex, but in the U.S., um, they put a psychological lens on it, and there are multiple theories of, or, you know, philosophies on this, but I kind of like how the author um, Ian Cron says it, um, which is, it's not right, but it, it, but it helps us understand our story, and so, so the Enneagram is a system of nine archetypal um, types, and, and what is different about the Enneagram is it's trying to help us understand our underlying motivations that are below behavior level, below all this stuff. And so um, it, and it's, and then it's a map. It, the, the symbol, if you've seen the symbol, it looks kind of funky, but it actually is a map. It's a map for healing and it's a map for growth. And what I love about it is um, it really underscores how by default, we have um, a way of showing up in the world that was, you know, helped us get through the world safely. And the default, most of us stay there. Too many of us stay there and don't expand into our full selves. And so the Enneagram encourages us to look at where do we need our brain intelligence? And in Western culture, we value brain intelligence almost all the time, but we skip over heart intelligence. You know, our emotions have a lot of information for us. There's a lot of wisdom in our heart. And there's a lot of wisdom in our bodies, in our instinctual intelligence. And so the Enneagram is about, helps you understand where you start. You know, each of us starts in one of those and trusts that the most. And how do you expand into more? And so sometimes we use the metaphor of, you know, if, we're, if our personality structure is like the acorn, mm -hmm. you know, we, we feel the shell of our acorn and we think, I'm a really good acorn. I'm going to, you know, buff up my personality, keep using the gifts I know I've got. I'm going to just stay there, stay there. This is great. I'm a really great acorn. And the reality is if you put a, plant an acorn in the ground and let the, let the shell disintegrate, it can grow into an oak tree. And I'm always wanting my clients to go for their oak tree selves. And what the way I use the Enneagram with my clients is really about, let's understand what the shell looks like, what your shell looks like, so you can relax your shell and then really expand into all that's all that potential. So it's it's just a really quick way to go. Oh, yep, here's my shell. Yeah. <laughs> now I can let go of that. I love I love every <laughs> I love this so much, Sarah, because it's so fascinating. First of all, I didn't know it had been around 1500 years. That's very telling, right? Like, obviously, it's been working. And it's imagine taking it in whatever form it was 1500 years ago, right? I wonder how it would, yeah. you know, maybe it was for healing or, you know, fi finding my path. And, and so how, I have so many questions, but going back, I love the acorn analogy and growing into an oak tree. So when you, and, and once you have a certain way of seeing the world, like when you look at the world through your Enneagram lens, yeah, do you see so many of us just stuck in our acorn shells? Yeah. And it's, you know, and again, I, I always feel like as leaders, we want to be 
self-aware first. You know, if yeah. we can understand what's happening here, then we can be at choice about how we show up in the world. And so part of the self-awareness is also lots of self-compassion. So I have so much more compassion having worked with this tool, like, oh, of course we get stuck in our shells. You know, our personality structure is what allowed us to walk safely through this world. You know, we figured out how to get a sense of love and belonging by, you know, showing up as successful or by working really hard or by, you know, like it, there were reasons that that's, that shell really helped us. It's just that if we, you know, the shell keeps us small too. And so, um, so yeah, it, now I, I use it as a lens almost all the time. Some types are really easy to identify from the outside. Sometimes are really hard. So we, my sister and I joke that even though we've both been using it for eight to 10 years, we're still wrong half the time because it really isn't about behavior. And that's what we can see. We can't see what's motivating people. And so any of the types can be successful. Any of the types can be magnificent leaders. You know, there, there isn't anything about behavior. It really is what's the motivation that's actually um, by default getting in their way over time. Gotcha. So I don't know, is it helpful to have a specific example? Like I can use. Yeah, I would, I would love to have a, an example. Yeah. So I'm, I'm an Enneagram three and um, in the system and I, you know, we can provide other resources, but, but so one of the names they use for that type is the achiever and, you know, threes are all about, look at me go, <laughs> you know, there, but, but we really believe that it's what we do in the world that creates value. So we will work really, really hard. And it's often about the roles. Like I want to be the best mom I can be. I want to be the best sister I can be. I want to be the best coach I can be. I want to be, so I will um, work really, really hard. And the kind of underside of that is that I will work hard based on what the feedback I'm getting from outside. So if, if I'm getting feedback that I'm doing this really well, I'll, I might keep the risk is I'll keep doing that thing because yeah. other people really love it regardless of whether or not I actually like to do it, you know? So, so unconscious threes, I often think about, we each have our trance and unconscious three will work really, really hard at something, whatever success means in their world. So, and, and have absolutely no idea what they want. That's the risk. And I was definitely on that path. And again, I have a therapist sister who interrupted that, got me into therapy (laughs) and, um, but even at my first class, that first class I went to, the teacher said, Sarah, we don't get threes here very often because we threes don't believe there's anything. Wrong. We don't want to know that there's anything we're not doing well. It's like, look over here. Look how well I'm doing. Don't look behind the curtain. So don't look at anything I'm struggling with. And so we're certainly not going to embrace struggle by default. We're not gonna right. Like, oh, yeah. Here are all the ways I might be failing because that's that's, you know, in our acorn selves. We're like, no, no, I'm not failing. I'm always doing well. And let me tell you all the ways I'm doing well. And let me show you how hard I can work. And let me, you know, and we get caught in that and get farther and farther and farther about what actually we want. What's actually important to us. Yeah. So what was the breakthrough for you or the moment when you realized I'm on the wrong path? Like, how did you even, how could you even like if threes, if that's hard to admit, like how, like what was the breakthrough? So you could even admit that. And then it sounds like you, that's, was that when your coaching business was born? Uh, no, this was actually earlier in my career, but, but again, it was my sister saying, um, your perception of yourself is out of whack with what's actually happening. Like I was trying so hard and I was so afraid of failing in my job that, and it wasn't based in reality anymore at all. I was really successful in my job. Things were going really well. I was being promoted, all that stuff. 
but I was having a huge reaction to the potential of failure. And neither, neither one of us knew Enneagram at the time. Had we, it would have been really helpful, <laughs> but we didn't know it yet. So, so she helped me get to a therapist who helped me understand all the, how hard I'd been working to stay away from, you know, we had a lot of um, loss and grief and early loss. My parents both died when I was um, pretty young and, and, um, I hadn't dealt with any of that. I hadn't dealt with the grief of that. I hadn't, you know, and, but I really believed I didn't need to, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm doing well, look at me go, you know? And so that's the trance is like not allowing for my actual experience. And so that was a breakthrough point. Now, as I look back with, you know, compassion about my three type, my three self, I can see all those places along the way where I was trying so hard to be the solution I'd start to believe it's all up to me. If I just work a little bit harder, then I can save, you know, there's an arrogance to it. Like <laughs> it's all up to me. I can make all of this go well. And then I would get so stressed out and it'd almost be non-functional because I was so stressed out and um, it was, you know, kind of out of whack. So, so the, the moments I would say, or that was a huge one. Um, so that we were living in Seattle. I worked for the law firm at the time. I was leading all these big projects. I was stressed out all the time. And then I had infant twins. And so, you know, <laughs> how can I both be great at my job and great as a mom? And those things were going to, were going to collapse, but it was again, we moved back to Minnesota and then I um, kind of fell into self-employment and the coaching came later. I, I had had a coach. So this might be too much of my story, but when I got promoted at the law firm um, the first time, you know, they added a kind of a middle tier of managers. And suddenly I was responsible for the project planner or the project managers and the help desk and the trainers. I'd never been a manager before. And it was me and four men. And my boss said, we don't have any um, supervisor or management training. Do you want to work with this coach? It's like, are you kidding me? You're going to pay for me to have someone help me understand how to do this job that's never been done before what a huge wow. gift. And so I had had a coach at that point. And so fast forward a decade, you know, I've got three kids under five, I'm self-employed and, and I like the flexibility, but um, I'm not enjoying the work I'm doing at the moment. So I called my former coach and did one call with her and I was like, Oh, I want to do what you're doing. And at that point she was coaching only founders of high-tech companies. And she was helping them really consciously design their leadership team, develop leadership skills. And I was like, that's, that's what I want to do. So that started my coaching journey. So I had been self-employed as an IT project manager, that kind of thing, and then did a full pivot to coaching ultimately. Got it. Got it. Hey, CEOs, it's Ursula stopping by because I have a question for you. Are you ready to 2X your revenue, your monthly revenue, and shave 10 or more hours off your work week? If yes, you need to be at the next 2X intensive course. And by clicking on the link in the show notes, you can schedule a private session with me to talk about how the 2X intensive will help you. So just fill out the application below and Trisha will schedule a conversation for us. One of our clients said that in the first 10 minutes of the private coaching call that you received before the 2X intensive, she made more than paid for the class. Another client shaved off 21 hours per week for a total of 84 hours a month that she was able to put back into her calendar to work on her business. Another client just reported that he has taken 40 hours off his work week after taking the 2X intensive and has grown a multi-million dollar company. So if this is of interest to you, fill out the application below. That application will get to Trisha and Trisha will schedule a 
private 30-minute call for you and I to talk about how the 2X Intensive can help you. Can't wait to see you there. Can't wait to connect soon. Well, so you and your sister must be very, I love that your sister had the, what's the word, the love. And, you know, she took the opportunity to say, hey, here's what I see. Like, you know, maybe try this. So it's amazing when we think about the people on our path who have the courage to speak up and redirect us. And I'm sure you, Sarah, have been that to so many so many people and you have such a gentle way as a coach. Like I'm sure your clients just love working with you because they feel that like the care that like just really flows from you. I mean, it's such an important piece of having that trust in the coaching relationship. Yeah. So, okay. So many questions. I just want to make sure I stay on track. So at, so you start your business. I'm curious how, and I think it's a good way to frame it for those who are like trying to figure out maybe what their type is. And by the way, anyone at the end, there's going to be an opportunity for you. If you want to connect with Sarah directly, we'll explain how to do that. How did your type, your Enneagram type influence how you were being in your business? And then how did it also help you to see like how to be in your business? Does that make sense? It does. That's a great question. Um, and honestly, had I understood Enneagram at the beginning of my business, I would have done things really differently because again, part of the thing with threes is we really want to be successful, but we also do not want to fail. And guess what? Starting a business, you got to be ready to fail. You got to take risks. You got to, you know, all of that stuff. And so I was, you know, I knew I could be a good coach. Well, it took me a while, but I, I knew I could, would be a good coach, but I hadn't owned a business before. I hadn't run a business and I didn't start doing it thinking, oh, I want to build a business. That wasn't my, you know, I wanted to coach right. and I wanted to help people. And, you know, and I was happy to give it away because right. <laughs> we've all been I, there. Yep. <laughs> yep. I find it so valuable. You know, I want everybody to have a coach. Oh, what a gift, you know? And, um, but I didn't understand what it took to be a business owner. And, and I didn't understand that part of that is putting yourself out there. And so, you know, threes, you know, it, like I could put myself out there in a work context because I trusted that I would already be successful. And, you know, I knew I could build relationships. I knew like I had a history of success within an organization. I didn't know how to run a business and I didn't know what it looked like to be successful. And I came from a family of pastors and social workers. I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. I didn't come from a family that was trying to build a business around something they love. And, and so I didn't know what I didn't know for one. And I didn't realize all the ways I was staying away from failure. And, you know, so, and by that, I mean, you know, really putting myself out there and, and saying, you know, yeah, hire me as a speaker. I'm thinking, I don't, what do I know? I can't speak about anything. You know, I better not speak because then I'll be safer, you know? Sure. Why, why would I put myself out on social media? Then people can judge me. Threes do not want to be judged. <laughs> and then, you know, they only want to be able to show, you know, what they look like, or, you know, their best selves, basically. And so for me on social media, I can't control who sees it. I can't change my message. Threes change based on what they think people want from them. So for me to put a message out into the world where I can't control how people are going to receive it and adjust for that was like, Okay, so I'm on social media. <laughs> so, right. you know, all these ways my acorn self was really getting in my way. I didn't understand. I didn't, I didn't see. And so, you know, on this side of it, it would have been really helpful for me to understand that stuff. Now, as I look back, it's like, oh yeah, really clear, <laughs> really clear why I was doing that stuff. 
Well, it's so valuable just what you're sharing. Cause I'm sure people are feeling this part of them that sometimes it feels innate, you know, not wanting to be visible or not wanting to do certain things, but like, there's this tug of war. It's like, Oh, I should be visible, but I don't want to. Or, and I think there's a lot of blame and shame for ourselves, right? Like I should be doing, like we look around at all the entrepreneurs and we're like convinced that we have to be doing everything that someone in our industry is doing. Like I have to, if I'm not checking all the, I'm not going to succeed. And that's a lie. And we also don't know, like, why do I not want to do that? Why does that seem like you said, speaking as you know, I've shared my story. Like I have glossophobia. It was the deepest fear of public speaking ever. I literally would be like, oh, I wish something bad would happen. So I wouldn't have to get on stage. And it was awful. And it took me years. And so it's, it's easy to just beat ourselves up when truly it might be innate. So fast forward, you know, as I, I know you do a lot of these things now. So how have you been able to like, what's the, what's the, I guess the talk track with yourself where you've walked yourself maybe through your types to type, to be able to say, I do, I do want to be speaking on stages. I can be on social media. How yeah. has that transpired? I think the biggest shift for me is one, um, one being willing to receive support because that can feel like a failure. Like if I can't do this on my own, then I shouldn't even be doing it. And so part of it is hiring people to help me do things that I'm uncomfortable doing, you know? So that's part of it in terms of the Enneagram and understanding my type threes are one of the heart types. So Enneagram is nine archetypes. Three are head types by default, three are heart types, three, three are body types. And, you know, again, there's a lot of theory underneath what's true, but for me, at least, you know, I walk into a room and I can feel a whole bunch of stuff, you know, oh, that person's defensive. That person is, you know, and as a younger person, I felt like, oh, then I have to fix it all. I have to make it okay for all these guys. Cause if she's feeling defensive, I better understand the defensiveness and understand what it's going to take for that person to relax. And as a project manager, I had to get work done. So I had to, you know, I had to figure out how to get all these people on board. What I've learned since is just because I'm picking up feelings, you know, this is where threes might overcorrect for our feelings. It's not my own feeling. I'm picking up everyone else's. And then I start to feel like, oh my gosh, now I'm responsible for it all. And what I now know is the most important thing for threes is to actually allow our feelings. And so when I'm starting, when I can feel the energy kind of going up and I'm working harder and I'm, you know, sitting at my computer designing, you know, like if I just spend five more hours designing this next workshop, it's going to be way better. Like that was my old way of being. And I'm like, oh, got it. I'm scared. I need to go for a walk. I actually need to get out of my heart brain. Like, oh my God, work harder, go for a walk and then start to imagine the people who I'm trying to serve. What do they need? And now I feel, and now the ideas just come and then I can design and then I come back to, you know, I record it as I walk and then I come back and design and it's easy. But my old way of doing it, by my kind of acorn self was like, I feel this, I, I worry that I, my brain starts to go and then I'm trying, and I think it's my brain that's gonna solve this problem. You know, my brain's gonna come up with this brilliant design and it's not at all. I need to get into my body, feel my own heart instead of worrying about, you know, whatever, how I'm going to fail everybody around me. And, you know, and then, um, and then get my brain online and figure out the design. So it's, again, it's a way to get our heart and our brain and our body all online at the same time. And then our wisdom can come through. And so that, that combination of things looks different in different people, but the Enneagram helps you see where you start and then kind of what, what your natural patterns are that actually get in the way. Got it. Got it. And just, and really how to navigate that. 
Yeah. So let's take that into a conversation about money. Of course, on the yeah. quantum revenue expansion show, we talk a lot about money. Yeah. Maybe let's start with your type. So how are threes with money? And were there any surprises for you as your business, the revenue was growing? Or were there any income ceilings that you think might have been impacted by your type? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's both type, I think, and um, family of origin stuff. You know, I, I was a pastor's kid and having money um, in some ways, not overtly, they didn't say it overtly, but it was like, um, we both envied it and judged it, you know? So people who had money, we both envied like, wow, it'd be nice to have money. And at the same time kind of judged it like, well, you know, that's not really in service to the world. <laughs> so, so I, so I don't know how much of that was about three. The three thing is about what does success look like and how to, how therefore am I successful? And so what I realized early in my twenties, when I had my first, I was a systems analyst early on and I had this great job and I was getting paid well. And I had so much shame and guilt because I wasn't doing direct service because in my family, success meant helping people. Right. And so for me to be in a job where I wasn't doing direct service and I was getting paid well felt really, really bad, you know, so I, you could see the money stuff show up really early. And then, you know, and then I worked hard and I, and um, I had great bosses and I got raises that I wasn't looking for. And I got bonuses that I wasn't looking for and wasn't asking for. So then I thought, well, then money should just come to me and I don't have to do anything, you know? Oh, yeah. and so then, you know, and that worked in the corporate environment and then I'm out on my own. And I thought, well, people will just figure out I'm a really good coach and then want to pay me well. That doesn't happen <laughs> or it didn't happen for me. Let me put it that way. And I did realize, you know, again, our internal beliefs about all this stuff, I, I realized, you know, and it took me again, longer than I wish it would have on this side of it. I wish I would have learned some of this stuff earlier, but, but one of my core beliefs from childhood was you know, there was a ton of fear around money. We didn't have enough. And when I was going to college, my dad had already died. My mom was in the early stages of Alzheimer's. We didn't have any money. St. Olaf cost more than our household income did that year. And I had so much fear and guilt about what if I'm the reason my wanting to go to college is the reason our whole family goes over the edge or something like that. Like I had, I was carrying this deep belief that I was going to be the cause of financial ruin and the other one at the same time was, but I have to look okay. Right. We have to look okay. So I just acted like I was okay. And I was terrified. And I didn't really realize that until my 18 year old twins were going to college, asking me all sorts of questions about money. And I was having all these really strong reactions to, and, and I'm consciously going, I should be able to have normal conversations with my kids about money. Who's paying for what? How does this work? You know, like these are just conversations you need to be able to have. And I still... I was getting so triggered. And so it was really helpful to identify those beliefs. Again, I went back to a therapist to say, what is happening here? I don't want to show up like this with my kids. You know, I want to be the calm adult who helps them have a regular relationship with money. And um, she was really helpful helping me understand like, this is some stuff from childhood that needs some healing. Um, and so that was a first step. The second step was when the pandemic hit, all my big clients cut, cut off suddenly because they didn't know what was happening next. And I had about 24 hours of, what if this is the end? What if I, this doesn't recover? What if I don't recover? You know, there isn't a lot of security with a self-employed person. And, and after about 24 hours, I felt my feet under, under me again. Like, you know what? I've been doing this for a long time. I just know I need to keep working. I've got gifts 
People are scared. Leaders are scared. They're having to make big decisions without much information. People are looking to them to know what to do and no one knows what to do. So I just started to reach out to all my clients and say, you know, do you want to have some complimentary sessions so that you can find your ground so your people can find their ground? And, and you know, within three months, the work was all coming back and now it's, and, and then working in, in your program, again, helped me go, oh, I really do still have ceilings. And so I've been working through that consciously with you and, and all that um, because some of the old stuff is still there. Like, you know, what, what do I deserve? What is okay? And now as I think about it, what I've wanted forever is to allow money to flow through energetically. So if I, I'm happy to receive a lot of money and I'm happy to give a lot of money. There's a lot of good work going on in the world. So I want to be as open as I can. And I think I was so for afraid of how quickly I get rid of it or give it away. Um, yeah. And I kept kind of choking it off. So, yeah. Well, I think your oak tree is a money tree now, Sarah. <laughs> well, it does feel like this, the 2022 opened up with, uh, yeah. you know, lots of work. You've, worked, you've let go of a lot of, a lot of like, and you're in the work. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people ask me like, what's the key to success? Work on this. Like we, yeah. you and I know this, like we work on our yeah. stuff day after day we have coaches we have therapists we have healers we have teams of people (laughs) to help us get out of the way so that we can be our best for our clients and I know you know I just want to congratulate you because I and I'm I'm so glad you said therapist on the show because uh, you know we're encouraging everyone our listeners people all over the world like especially right now we all need extra help you know whether it's therapy coaching you know, talk to your friends, like we need to be talking, we need to be connecting and getting that support. So just, you know, for all those who are listening, like if you need extra support, there's no shame. In fact, I would say the most successful people in the world have a team around them. They have therapists, they have coaches, they have all kinds of support to get them through the day. So I, Sarah, I have so many, I just, I want to keep unpacking this. Are you still good on time? Are you okay? Oh, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. So, um, I want to talk about income ceiling and then I want to talk about some of your clients and some of the things you've seen. So we, we, you touched on it. You mentioned income ceiling. You're, you busted through that again. Any, any tips, like anything specific for someone who's, you know, a CEO who's out there and maybe they've been, maybe their 2021 was the same as 2020, right? They're just stuck at some income ceiling. Mm -hmm. Any advice for them? Mm. It's a great question. I mean, again, this is where I do feel like, I think people want to think, Oh, if I just imagine it, then it can be true. Like in a, in a, and I don't mean to make fun of that, but kind of um, magical. it really is so much about being willing to look inside and go, what do I actually believe here? What are the beliefs and unearthing those beliefs about, you know, what do I deserve? What do I think? What do I believe about money? And so I do remember reading a book and I can't remember it. And I was doing it with a friend and it, and we were both were hitting these, you know, it was really helpful to have, she owns a business too. And, yeah. and so we were really sharing vulnerably. And I had a mastermind group that I had started um, and we were all sharing what it, what our stuff about money was. And it was all different, but it normalized that we all have stuff about money. Lots of us grew up in families where people were weird about money and there were all sorts of stuff layered on top of what money means, what it means to yeah. have it, what it means to not have it, what, it, you know. And you got to be willing to really pull that apart and go, what is my money story here? What do I believe about this? And what is getting in my way? And, and doing that, I remember sobbing to her when I finally got in touch with like, oh, I actually believe that I'm the reason we're going to fall off a financial edge. So all, I have all this potential guilt and shame 
about not doing it well enough and all this judgment. And I, and the, the key for me was, you know, I've been blessed with a husband who's really supportive, but I remember saying to him, like, I need to not worry about money anymore. I need to not have that be, you know, am I bringing enough? Like that can't be our conversation anymore. I want to start to trust that the money will come and I need your support to do that. And, you know, I had my friend's support, like, and then switching beliefs as a coach. It's like, so I changed one of my passwords to um, money loves me. So I'm, I'm typing all day long. Money loves me. Money, it flows easily to me, you know? And so that I'm replacing the belief of like money somehow dangerous with, you know, my relationship with money is great. It flows to me. It comes easily. And and that kind of, you know, in coaching, we call it structures, having structures that help us both start to see the belief and then shift it. You know, you do talk about that in belief zone and, and you know, what are the beliefs that are actually going to support you? And so that was a big one for me. I love that. The password idea is great because you see it all the time. Money loves me. Ooh, someone's going to do that. I know one of our listeners would be like, I'm taking that on. So we've, we've touched on, like you talked about, tell us about, tell us a little bit more about your business. Like who... Yeah. Who are your ideal clients? Who do you really work with? And maybe, maybe even a story of how the, um, you know, one of your clients discovered in their work with you, their Enneagram type and how that impacted them, how it impacted their company. Of course, keeping everything confidential, but maybe just at a high level. I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've been using it for the last couple of years with all my one-on-one clients pretty much. And then I started using it in organizations. You know, initially I was like, how is this going to work in an organization? It's this complex tool. And it's been huge. It's been hugely helpful for people to understand difference and um, understand all sorts of stuff. But yeah, so a specific story. So I coach a lot of people who identify as type eights. So eights are very active. They drive to certainty. They're the kind that are like, I'll put all of you on my back and I will get us across the finish line. You know, eights. Um, and so of course they end up in leadership positions because they're ready to make things happen. Um, for women who are eights, there's also a lot of vulnerability with it because they have spent their entire childhood being told they're too loud. They're too much. They're too active. They're too something because the energy of an eight is, can be so intense and almost feel, um, angry, you know, an eight walks into the room and you can usually feel them because they're you know, and they're not angry. It's not about anger. They just have a presence. And I, I talk about it now. It's like, they have a lot of life force energy just naturally coming through. And so when I coach, um, an eight male or female, um, the edge for an eight is stopping, slowing down, pausing, allowing, for, they have very tender hearts, but that's not what people see first. Cause they see this, you know, kind of strong persona and then they're often very intelligent. So they'll get an extinct, it'll go to their brain and they'll start to move. And if they forget about the people in front of them, they will run people over. So people will feel like, oh my God, well, they're taking over. Okay, I'll get out of the way. And they don't understand that about themselves. You know, we never understand our own impact without some real clear feedback. And so for eights, the edge is often pausing, you know, letting out whatever is coming through them. Like they might be angry about something or they might be like, there's a lot of energy, you know, allowing for that. So it's not about stopping that, but it's being responsible with that and then pausing and then getting their heart online, remembering who they care about and then deciding what's needed next. Because for an eight vulnerability is about not moving. They way rather be in action. So eights during the crisis of, um, of COVID 
we're great leaders because they they will move, they will make decisions. They they are not afraid to act um, when there's when there's a you know a big change happening and they need to get um, their people on board. They need to reflect more. That's really hard because it can feel like, am I even doing anything? How do I know if I'm doing anything? Because we're just sitting here right now, or I'm just listening. Yeah, you know, like you know. Quicksand. Yeah, and so what's so powerful about it as a tool is once eights self-identify, yes, this is true for me, then I say I can say that much more easily and it doesn't sound like I'm judging them. Like you just have to stop, you know, it's, it's not that, it's like, we know this is a hard thing. So pause and breathe. What do you think's needed? You know, and then they can start to see, or lots of times for women, the first reaction is tears once they identify it for themselves because they realize like, I have, I've gotten this negative feedback my entire life that somehow there's something wrong with me because I'm so strong and I'm so active and I'm so, and that's, I'm somehow too much. And that's so painful, you know, it's like, um, so does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just that whole, I mean, just how it can affect someone. So it's really the unconscious piece for your clients, especially the eights. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. You get a lot of eights, but because you're in leadership, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And really how to pull back. And I'm sure that is like a big, um, a big change for them. So any, any success story or anything you want to share that's tied to that, where someone, they did pull back, it was challenging. What was on the, what's on the other side of that for an eight? What do they learn? What do they realize? Yeah. I mean, they, they start to trust that other people can come through. So as a leader, eights um, might take so much control that the people around them don't step into their full ability. Mm -hmm. You know, and this happens to all kinds of leaders, not just eights, sure. but, um, but that, that part, and then starting to understand that their desire to make something happen is really a huge gift. But if the other person isn't wanting that at the same time, you know, in, in a one-on-one in a -on -one relationship, that they're unconsciously shutting people down where they think they're helpful. And, and that's what I think for all of us, we're all trying to, you know, often trying to do right. Yeah. But when we're unconscious, when we're in our trance, we're often having an unintended impact that actually minimizes other people's contribution and doesn't get the full, you know, leaders now I think need to be able to engage their teams in a different way than maybe, you know, the old model might've been the leader's supposed to know, set the vision and get everybody on board and go ahead. Now I think more and more often they need to bring in the perspectives of everybody around them to figure out a path. And for an eight to be able to calm down, breathe, care about the people in front of them, get their input, and then make the decision is a different skill than just, okay, we got enough, I'm going. Right. Got it. But thank you. That gives it a lot of, I mean, just gives us, makes it really tangible so we can see how that would be. So I know we're out of time. You have a special gift for our listeners. So for someone who's out there, who's wondering, you know, what is my Enneagram type? Mm -hmm. I'd love to learn more. Who, yeah. like, who, who do you work with and how would they know if they should reach out? Yeah, I, I tend to work with people who are, I often think about one ready to do the work who really yeah. people who show up and, and with whom I'm the most successful are the ones who know something new is needed from them. They know, you know, even that lots of times they've been really successful, but something feels off to them and they're wanting something different or else they're in an organization and the organization's shifting, you know, mm -hmm. or 
you know, the environment around them is shifting and they know something new is needed and they're already self-aware enough to know there's a good chance I have to do some work here to do that. You know, the question isn't, you know, do I need to, like people will show up with a question of, I'm not sure if I should be in this job or not. And it's almost always, I'm always going for the deeper question of, you know, you're wanting something more that you want to give more in this world. And we want to figure out what that means for you. So um, I think anyone, and, and a lot of people, the Enneagram's all over now, people see memes and all this stuff. I'll say it's not a party game. This right. is really a map for healing and growth and development. And so if, you know, I, I think it's a powerful tool. I think it's a super helpful tool. It also doesn't have to be super complex. So yeah, if people go to my website, so my website is carlsoncc.com, but Carlson is S-E-N, so C-A-R-L-S-E-N-C-C.com. You can schedule a complimentary session and we can see if it's a fit. But, um, but so the short answer is I love working with leaders and leadership teams who know something new is needed and they're ready to make it happen. And they just need a partner in figuring out what does that mean? Got it. Excellent. So if you are Enneagram curious and you're feeling like something needs to change, and this has resonated with you today, you can go to carlsoncc.com. And again, it's C-A-R-L-S-E-N-C-C.com. We'll have that in the show notes. And then Sarah, we know you do like hang out on social media. Now you have worked through your, <laughs> through that acorn shell. Where, where do you typically hang out? Where else can people find you? Yeah, primarily on LinkedIn. Um, Cause that's, that's where most of my clients are. Cause I'm usually working in organizations. I'm usually working with leadership teams. And so I found LinkedIn to be the best, best place for me. Yeah. Makes sense. So LinkedIn will find you there. Perfect. We'll have that in the show notes as well. And then finally, like we mentioned before, interesting time in the world. You know, I've been saying that for two years and I just keep thinking one of these days, I'm not going to say that hasn't happened yet. We're still in an interesting time. What's your best piece of advice for our CEOs who are listening all over the world and just, you know, um, doing their best to keep going every day. What, what, how would you encourage them? Yeah, I think all of us need to get more comfortable with allowing for our own feelings and allowing for each other's feelings. I think there's just so much information. And these last two years have been scary. There's a lot of grief. There's a lot of um, emotion in the world. And in the U.S., at least, we weren't um, and in my culture, we were not brought up to deal with emotion very well. You know, we were supposed to, yeah, and, the, and sure. the old model was you keep emotion out of work. And I also think you want to have access to your emotion. You don't want to be run by it, but, but having practices, and I'm, I'm a big believer in spiritual practices and meditation and journaling, you know, and walking, whatever allows you to kind of get in touch with what's actually happening in me. Yeah. And how do I allow for that in a way? Cause I, and you know, I follow people like Susan David, who does research on, on emotions and emotional intelligence. And, and so I've, I've started, you know, my LinkedIn feed is a, a, is an array of people who are studying the things that I think are important right now. <laughs> and so I'm fed daily with that kind of thing, being intentional about who you're listening to and why I think is really important. And then not listening sometimes is important, you know, really having energetic boundaries and emotional boundaries for yourself so that you are tending to your own needs and it's so counterintuitive. It feels, it can feel selfish, but if we take care of our own instruments, then I think we can be in the world in much more healing and present ways. And, and so I guess that's my best advice. I love it. Thank you, Sarah Carlson. Thank you for being here. And I just, this is the perfect, there's always the perfect time, right? This is the time. This is the right time for you to be here to really be serving 
people around the world with the work that you do. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Love it. And for our listeners, definitely go to her website, Carlson with an E S E N C C.com. You can learn more about the Enneagram there and schedule a private session. This just sounds luxurious hanging out with Sarah for 30 minutes or more to really learn more about yourself. So definitely take advantage of that. That's it for this week, everyone. We wish you, you know, hang in there. I, um, we send our love. I want to make sure I said this. We send our love to the Ukraine, um, to the citizens, the souls who are there, and also to our the, the Russian souls who are struggling. We know there's so many who, like, this is a tough time for you as well, and just all over the world. Um, send lots of love to you. Reach out to us if there's anything we can do for you. You can reach us at contact at UrsulaInc.co. That's it for this week, everybody. Take care. See you soon. Thank you for joining us today. And if you are ready to make your next quantum leap, let's do it. Ursula invites you to join us at the 2X Intensive. Go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. Don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app.